0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. A very warm welcome to you today to St. George's Church uh, for our uh, Easter morning worship The most important day in the Christian year. It's not Christmas, it is today. It is Easter. For on this day, we gather to celebrate Jesus' literal and actual resurrection from the dead. And today, I just want to talk briefly about... um, Well, today I want to talk about the meaning behind this wonderful Easter acclamation. And I want to explain it to you. And I want to do it in about 53 minutes flat. And so... uh, (laughs) Anyway, this year, um, thinking about this and thinking about the importance and the hope that Easter brings, it's been really tangible to me because this year I have been the executor of my uncle's estate. So I'm always, on some level, kind of been dealing with death this last year. And early on in the process, I don't know if you've ever been an executor of a state. It's extremely complicated. And different states have different rules. But early on in the process, I called a friend who uh, was the executor of his father's estate. And I wanted to get some advice. What kind of lawyer do you need? How how many death certificates should you have? And uh, how to deal with this complicated situation. So my friend began to show me the various forms. And then uh, he pulled out a really interesting letter. Now, my friend's father traveled a lot for work. And this particular letter that my friend showed me had to deal with uh, his father's sky miles and Airline Club membership. And uh, <clears throat> the letter read Dear Sir, this is to inform you that your Sky Miles and Club membership have been terminated, effective immediately, because it has come to our attention that you have died. May God bless you. <clears throat> you may reapply for your membership if you experience a change in your circumstances. Sincerely, such and such a company. It could have been united, but uh, that's not important at all. Uh, What is important is that this letter defines Easter. For Easter declares to the whole world that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there has been a change in your eternal circumstances. An empty tomb, folded burial cloths, A physically risen Jesus. Sorry, CNN, it's not a vision. It's not a ghost. It's not an orb. It's not an apparition. It's not a fond wish. But Jesus, who was crucified and dead, is now on the third day risen. When it comes to death, Jesus has broken the mold. And it has changed our eternal circumstances. And so, in great confidence, we shout, "Hallelujah! Christ is risen! The Lord is risen indeed! Of course, some will say, Well, that seems so small today, Jake, in light of what's going on in Syria, in light of what's going on in the Middle East. That seems so small, Jake, today, in light of all the hatred and the bad news and the politics in our country boy, that seems like such a small thing in light of the last funeral I attended, Jake. Is that all the church has to say? And the simple answer is yes. That is all we have to say, because without the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, there's actually nothing to say to death. I mean, we can dress it up and, you know, we can, we can try and ease it, but there is nothing to say to death because death is what it is. Death just takes. It offers no consolation. Let me just be honest. The fringe benefits of being a Christian, you know, how, to, how it brings peace to your mind, joy, help through difficult times, free coffee after the service... <laughs> None of that matters if Jesus isn't raised from the dead. All the jabber of Jesus being a teacher, Jesus the prophet, Jesus the moral example who helps people out, that is not the main thing. What brings us here is that he's physically risen from the dead. That's what gives hallelujah. Christ is risen its content. In Christ... Because he is risen from the dead, your circumstances have changed. And this is my first point. This is the message the angel was given to proclaim to the women. He is not here, he is risen. This is the message the women, the apostles to the apostles, this is the message that the women were given to proclaim to the disciples. This is the message we as the church are given to proclaim in every time, in every place, and in every circumstance. Christ is risen. Your circumstances have changed. For without it, the world has no word for death and no hope beyond the grave. And this great acclamation not only applies to the end of your life, It applies to your life right now. When we say that Christ is risen, we are saying not that we've been made better, not that we've been cleaned up, but when we say that Christ is risen, we are saying that we have been made brand new. God is not interested in a better you, He is interested in a brand new you. We live also right now. That's what it means. As the prophet Jeremiah prophesied, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you, and I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. This is powerful, because if you know anything about the prophet Jeremiah, the previous 30 chapters is all about how Israel is described at best as a wayward lover. Harsher words are used. Nevertheless, not because of her doing, but God's everlasting love and faithfulness finally culminated in the cross of Christ, manifests itself in 34 of the same chapter where God says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Newness is our reality right now. You are new in Christ. And newness is what is to come, because as the Reverend Ben De Hart said, one life is not enough. God wants to love you and make you new all the way into the age that is to come. So this is my second point. When we say Alleluia, Christ is risen, we are saying that we have been forgiven, and because we are forgiven, the possibilities are endless, because we have been made brand new. Christ has died for us, and Christ has risen for us to take away the sting of death from us so that we could begin to live as new creations right now. This truth, that you are a new creation right now, is the hardest part of saying, hallelujah, Christ is risen, because it is to believe that we are new before God right now for Jesus' sake. But when you begin to understand that, when the Holy Spirit begins to put this into your heart, you begin to understand what St. Paul is talking about in his letter and our reading today from the book of Colossians. What he's talking about here is not to be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. But instead, what St. Paul is getting at is, don't let the reality of what you see, the world's issues, the reality of how you feel keep you down. This isn't subjective. Christ's resurrection from the dead and what he says about you is not based on your feelings or whether you had breakfast that morning and are a little down later in the afternoon. This is an external and objective truth. And so what he says is, is that hallelujah, Christ is risen means not only has Christ been raised but so have you. And you can actually therefore be present in the moment. Not worried about what's going to happen or what people are going to think. But you can be present in the moment right now. And present in the moment with hope. And be present in the moment and actually might be useful to your neighbor. Because that's how God works. Not what are you doing for God, but what is God now doing through you? So St. Paul says, so seek the things that are above. Where Christ is. And that is... What that means is, is he's talking about what we're going to do here in a moment. To gather around this table and lift up your hearts unto the Lord. Whatever is dragging us down in this world. Whatever is oppressing us in this life. Or weighing heavy upon us. A job, a relationship, children, parents. That Easter acclamation... Hallelujah! Christ is risen, is our balm. It's our promise, and it is applied to us day by day, Sunday after Sunday, in the gospel preached, and thus gathered around this table. And this is my third point. Hallelujah! Christ is risen, reminds us that here, where this promise is preached, Where this gospel is applied to our lives, our minds are forever set on the things that are above so that we may truly live out our lives and actually be of some earthly good. As the great theologian Gerhard Forde puts it, Easter profoundly reminds us that God and Jesus Christ is not the eternal and unchanging fate at the top of the ladder. Rather, Instead, he is the incarnate God who comes down off the ladder, who takes on flesh and reaches all the way to you today in word and sacrament to give you his promise of life everlasting. And so as we proclaim today, Christ is risen. We are saying no small thing. We are proclaiming, in fact, that our circumstances have changed And from this small proclamation, first spoken by an angel, then by women, then by the apostles, and then now by the church for over 2,000 years, from this small, easily overlooked proclamation has come the new beginning. The new beginning for which says death cannot hold you. You're new right now. You've been forgiven. You are loved And that reality, the power of that reality, has embraced us. A reality so powerful that not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish... Make an online donation at calvarystgeorgesorg slash giving. Thank you.